It is singular, Baron, but the same idea came across me the first time I came here. It looked so gloomy. I should <coughs> never have thought, never have bought it, if my steward had not taken the matter into his own hands. Perhaps the fellow had been bribed by the notary. It is probable, stammered out Villefort, trying to smile, but I can assure you I had nothing to do with any such proceeding. This house is part of Valentine's marriage portion, and Monsieur Saint Moran wished to sell it, for it had remained another year or two uninhabited, it would have fallen to ruin. It was Morel's time to become pale. There was, above all, one room, continued Monte Cristo, very plain in appearance, hung with red damask, which, I know not why, appeared to me quite dramatic. Why so, said Danglars, why dramatic? Can we account for instinct, said Monte Cristo? There are not some places, are there not some places, where we seem to breathe sadness? Why? We cannot tell. It is a chain of recollections, an idea which carries you back to other times, other places, which very likely <coughs> have no connection with the present time or place. And there is something in this room which reminds me forcibly of a chamber of the Marquis de Gange, or D Desmona. Stay, since we have finished dinner, I will show it to you, and then we shall take coffee in the garden. After dinner, the play. Marjorie Cristo looked inquiringly at his guests. Madame de Villefort rose. Monte Cristo did the same, and the rest followed their example. Villefort and Madame Danglars remained for a moment, as if rooted to their seats. They questioned each other with vague and stupid glances. Did you hear? said Madame Danglars. We must go, said Villefort, offering his arm. <coughs> the others, attracted by curiosity, were already scattered in different parts of the house, for they thought the visit would not be limited to one room, and that, at the same time, they would obtain a new view of the rest of the building, of which Monte Cristo had created a palace. Each one went out by open doors. Monte Cristo waited for the two who remained. Then, when they had passed, he brought up the rear, and on the on his face was a smile which, if they could have understood it, would have alarmed them much more than a visit to the room they were about to enter. They began by walking through the apartments, many of which were fitted up in the Eastern style, cushions and divans instead of beds, pipes instead of furniture. The drawing rooms were decorated with the rarest pictures by the old masters, and the boudoirs hung with draperies from China, of fanciful colours, <coughs> fantastic design and wonderful texture. At length they arrived at the famous room. There was nothing particular about it, except that, although daylight had disappeared, it was not lighted, and everything in it was old-fashioned, 
while the rest of the rooms had been redecorated. These two causes were enough to give it a gloomy aspect. Oh, cried Madame de Villefort, it really is quite frightful. Madame Danglars tried to utter a few words, but was not heard. Many observations were made, the import of which was unanimous opinion that there was something sinister about the room. Is it not so? so asked Monte Cristo. Look at the large clumsy bed, hung with such gloomy blood-coloured drapery, and those two crayon portraits that have faded in the dampness. Do they not seem to say with their pale lips and staring eyes, we have, we have seen? Villefort became livid. Madame Danglars fell into a long seat placed near the chimney. Oh, said Madame de Villefort, smiling. Are you courageous enough to sit down upon the very seat, perhaps, on, on which the crime was committed? Madame Danglars rose suddenly, <coughs> and then said Monte Cristo, That is not all. What is what? There's more, said Debray, who had not failed to no notice the agitation of Madame Danglars. What else is there, said Danglars? For at present I cannot say I have seen anything extraordinary. What do you say, Monsieur Cavalcanti? Ah, said he, we have at Pisa, Ugolino's Tower, at Ferrera Tasso's prison, at Rimini, the room of Francesca and Paolo. Yes, but you have not this little staircase, said Monte Cristo, opening the door concealed by the drapery. Look at Look at it and tell me what you think of it. What a wicked-looking crooked staircase, said Chateau Renard with a smile. I do not know whether the wine or <coughs> of Chios produces melancholy, but certainly everything appears to me black in this house, said Debray. Ever since Valentine's diary had been mentioned, Morel had been sad and silent. Can you imagine, said Monte Cristo, some Othello or Abbe de Ganges, one stormy, dark night, descending these stairs step by step, carrying a load which he wishes to hide from the sight of man, and if not from God? Madame Danglars half fainted on the arm of Villefort, who was obliged to support himself against a wall. Oh, madame, cried Debray. What is the matter with you? How pale you look. It is very evident. What is the matter with her? said Madame de Villefort. Monsieur de Monte Cristo is relating horrible stories to us, doubtless intending to frighten us half to death. Yes, said Villefort. Really, Count, you do frighten the ladies. What is the matter? said de Bray in a whisper of Madame Danglars. Nothing, she replied with a violent effort. I want air, that is all. Will you come into the garden, said Debray, <coughs> advancing towards the back staircase. No, no, I'd rather remain here. Are you really frightened, madame? Oh, no, said Madame Danglars. But you suppose scenes in a manner which gives them an appearance of reality. Ah, uh, yes, said Monte Cristo, smiling. It is all a matter of imagination. Why should we not imagine 
this apartment of an honest mother, this bed with red hangings, a bed visited by the goodness of Lucia, and the mysterious staircase, a passage through which, not to disturb their sleep, the doctor and nurse pass, even the father carrying the sleeping child. Here, Madame Danglars, instead of being calmed by the soft picture, uttered a groan and fainted. Madame Danglars is ill, said Villefort. It would be better to take her to her carriage. Oh, mon Dieu, said Monte Cristo. I have forgotten my smelling bottle. I have mine, said Madame de Villefort, and she passed over to Monte Cristo a full bottle of the same kind of red liquid whose good properties the Count had tested on Edward. Ah, said Monte Cristo, taking it from her hand. Yes, she said, at your advice, I have made the trial. And you have succeeded? I think so. Madame Danglars was carried into the adjoining room, and Monte Cristo dropped a very small portion of the red liquid upon her lips. She returned to consciousness. Ah, she cried, what a frightful dream. Villefort pressed her hand to let her know it was not a dream. They looked for Monsieur Danglars, but he, but, as he was not especially interested in the poetical ideas, had gone into the garden and was talking with Major Cavalcanti on a projected railway from Leghorn to Florence. Monte Cristo seemed in despair. He took the arm of Madame Danglars and conducted her into the garden, where they found Danglars taking coffee between the cavalcanti. <laughs>